Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bench Units podcast intro take two. I don't know what just happened to me the last time but that will probably make some sort of blooper reel at some point. Uh, I'm James McSorley I'm joined as always by Mark Schofield and we're going to be talking about a whole load of stuff today. Welcome Mark. How are you doing? Hey, thanks for welcoming me to the podcast that I co-author. It feels a lot more legit now. I was going <laughs> to say, that intro will probably now just be our fixed intro at this point where you got halfway through a word and then spluttered and we sat in silence for a few seconds. We're like, yeah, we should probably try this again. I think that's a, a fitting intro to every episode we ever do. Yeah, I think I got to like bench you and then was about to sneeze. So <laughs> kind of stopped and then <laughs> laughed at myself. But anyway... Yeah, today we thought we'd kind of just take the time to go through a couple of different things. There's a lot happening in the world of both wheelchair basketball and NBA basketball. So we thought we'd kind of cover as many topics as possible just on our own before we try and get some of the big dogs back in. Also known as anyone who isn't us. (laughs) Anyone who isn't us who'd be willing to donate up to an hour of their time or in Richard's case, like five hours if we hadn't have cut him off at multiple points. I've had so much feedback from that episode of people just being like, this guy's great. I could listen to him tell stories for hours. And I was like, that's pretty much what yeah. I did. Like, <laughs> Come to Gran Canaria, you'll get it for an entire season. Yes. Wicked. Shall we kick right off then? Yeah, let's do it. Where do you want to go first? Do you want to go NBA play-in? Do you want to go let's... Paralympic group? Um, we'll get the, get the admin out of the way first because we touched on it on our various social medias as it was happening but we've got both a league winner in Spain and a playoff winner in Germany who are officially crowned at this point so congratulations to Bilbao and Thuringen respectively Um, the Bilbao thing's been brewing for quite a while I think they've been top of the league for basically the whole season the Thuringen thing for the two consecutive weeks has been kind of nuts that they've beaten Landell after losing them in the Champs Cup final. Yeah. Yeah, well, Bob just kind of been consistently the best team in the league. Like, I've seen a lot of clubs on social media in Spain be like, yeah, well-deserved, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and can't argue with it, man. Like, full year of beating everyone bar couple of games yeah i think um they're doing the leagues don't really lie in the end like you can beat someone in a one-off but i uh, haven't uh, lost enough all season for anyone to have yeah, any problem with it claim otherwise i think um based on the little thing we did on our instagram about whether um people agreed with the junior point or not i think some people might take issue with, with bilbao on that front but all they've done is leverage the rule that everybody has available to them arguably better than anybody else so it's not really great like anyone can anyone can do that like we do it um either it's either albacetti or mediba second according depending on who wins on saturday yeah um so um yeah like neither of them do it so i guess they could they could Um, say uh, albacetti do it in the second lineup so kind of but like neither of them start a Spanish or a junior player to get the point off. So I could see it like I could see them having a problem with it, but like it's, it's been a rule for long enough. Yeah. Um, So yeah, congratulations to Bill Bout who I think kind of weirdly have, and maybe this isn't based on anything other than like kind of an outsider perspective. I think Bill Bout have kind of earned the reputation of the villains of the Spanish league to some extent. Um, 
which is weird because this is their first kind of out and out winning of the league for at least as long as I can remember. Um, but yeah, they first seem- time they won the league full stop, I think. Oh, is it right? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they seem to have. They've been there or thereabouts, and I think they've given the big dogs a hard enough time for long enough that they're kind of people definitely give them the respect they deserve. But I think they've played this whole season on a mission to some extent, have they not? And yeah, yeah, it kind I of think should. that's it. Maybe people just kind of over the years had seen them as like a hard place to play, a hard team to play against, and a team that was like threatening that sort of status quo of the certain teams that were at the top and. I don't know, maybe that's why people weren't a big fan of them, or maybe it's how they yeah. play, or I don't know. There might be some personal stuff with different people. I don't know. Like, that's that's everyone else's own decision to make of whether they don't like a team and why not. But, like, yeah, yeah no, well-deserved, as I say, and they've just run out two, two units that give each individual team problems in different ways. Like, obviously, their two two fives line up was kind of what they ended up starting and going with for most of the season. But then even last weekend against the Union to win it, they ran out the Hasso and Yannick yeah. lineup for the majority of the time. And that's what got it done. And just having that sort of ability to win a game with either one of those lineups yeah. made a difference Speak- across the whole season. Then They were just able to pull it out yeah. in a couple of tight games, obviously. Who else is beaten them. Madiba beat them like first game of the season. Madiba beat them early on and uh, Burgos beat them in one game, didn't they? It was one yes, of the, Burgos beat one them of the ran, random Burgos games where they go nuts for one game and then fail to show up for weeks on end. But anyway, we've, that... got, them. we've got them next week. I mean this week, so okay. I hope we've got them next, I meant to say, so I hope it's not one of those games coming. But yeah, Burgos beating them was just at the time that we beat Albacete. Uh, that was the same day, so we had like finished that game early, and we were watching that one because obviously us beating Albacete, we were still kind of in in the race at that point. Yeah. And I remember being like, "Oh, oh, it's happening! Oh, something could happen here!" And fair play, nothing, yeah. nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> fair play to Bilbao; they got it done. Yeah, and we'll probably come back to Bilbao in a little bit when we talk about Copa del Rey, but we'll throw this in here because. While neither of us probably had any outright investment in them winning the league, we might have changed our stance a little bit because Bilbao have at least one bench units advocate on their roster. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I I was going to mention this at some point and probably at the end, but we've got a couple of messages from like some actual fair, like fairly heavyweight wheelchair basketball players in terms of what they've won and what they've done and. Yeah, just anyone who's got in touch to say they like what we're doing. We really, really appreciate it because what do we do a podcast for if not for external validation from <laughs> people we do or don't know? Um, yeah. yeah, we're certainly not making any money off this or anything. So <laughs> it's for nothing apart from people getting in touch to say that they like what we're doing. So sure. Well, I think, very much. I think we've also, well, I say we, I think I've also made us a high profile enemy in the last couple of weeks. So be that as it may, we'll take. We've had two um, two positive reactions from big names and one questionable. So I'll, I'll take those numbers. It's all in good fun. Um, yeah, yeah. So this is all just jokes, by the way. If anyone's thinking about taking us seriously, don't because we don't. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. We're if you think cre- I'm right, take me seriously. If you think I'm wrong, I'm only joking. Exactly that. Uh, jumping across to Germany. Um, 
So, like we mentioned, it was a Landil-Thuringen Champions Cup final, which saw a four-point Landil win. And that feels like quite a while ago. I think that was like two two plus weeks ago now. Um, So we've actually had two rematches in the German Cup final between Landil and Thuringen. And Thuringen have won both games, which were both completely different. Um, I think one was kind of high 70s and one was in the 50s yeah Um, one was like 50 something 40 something which is so weird yeah i confess having not watched the second game i watched the first one after it came out um but yeah incredible um we waxed lyrical about thuringen when uh we were talking covering the kind of champs cup games but hell of a job to come back from them after a loss in probably the single biggest game of anybody's season um, yeah, I to think, pull it out twice against Landil is some good going. Yeah, I think that was the thing when the Champions Cup final was going to be just a preview of the German Cup. I was a bit disappointed because I was like, oh, I don't want to see three of these games or four of these games yeah. or whatever. Like, I want a bit of variety. Like, Champs Cup's the chance to see best team in Spain versus best team in Germany or whatever. Um, and Taurus. Yeah, I was going to say, or not the best team in Italy. Um, <laughs> but I I don't know. It was, we were, I, was, I was wrong. We put out a poll on Instagram asking who we thought were going to take the game and no one said Thuringen. So well, I don't know if anyone from that team listens to this, but fair play and well, congratulations. Actually, vote, we, uh, had a, we had one vote come in late. Um, courtesy of a, of a former Thuringa Bull who claimed to have voted for them but he voted after tip-off and there's no way of tracking how much after tip-off that was so for all we knew he, he could have just been like hey I'll wait for the game to end and then I'll pick the winner yeah no I pr- probably do he was right yeah he was um, right but um, whether he said it when the game was like 51-41 with 8 seconds to go or whatever yeah. like, I say this not remembering the score it was something like that Yeah, but that's super weird. Like, I'd love to go back and, like, I watched the first one and then I kind of skimmed the second one kind of yeah. in the background while I was I was watching two games at once. So I'd love to go back and kind of watch them both and see what the main difference was, whether it was just, like, a lot of games like that, you go back and it's like, hey, one team didn't shoot the ball well. Yeah. All the intrigue taken out of it in, yeah. <laughs> like, two seconds of observation. Yeah, you're like, I wonder what it was. I wonder what really technical atomic detail it is like ah missing shots okay like <laughs> i don't know if it was that once again old, but like, old reliable yeah, find out. Yeah. yeah cool um so yeah like i say congratulations to both those guys it's been kind of a weird season in all leagues i think with games missed and cancelled and uh replayed and whatever else but i think you can't argue with the results in terms of deserving champions on both fronts yeah, like that's that's yeah. it. And the nope. sort of what I said about a league kind of not really lying to you. And yeah. in terms of like a cup game, I guess if you've got two or three games potentially to try and win, that makes it a little bit more reliable. You could say obviously Landil winning the league were the better team across the year and whatever, but yeah, well, different different type of competition. Like Copa del Rey could go. And it go in any way in the yeah. next two weeks, obviously. Like we'll 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 know. But like I just think there's a thing of 
having a league and then a playoffs, it's just like you kind of know what you're getting into at the start, don't you? Yeah. Like you need to win the league for position, but you kind of also have to pull it out. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of Copa del Rey, shall we have a dive in? Because I think we recorded last Monday, didn't we? And today is Tuesday of the following week, which means there was the draw at some point that I can't remember. I think it might even have been a week ago today. The draw was on the 11th of May, which was a week ago today. That is correct. It was at 11 o'clock and everyone tuned in at 11 o'clock for eight speeches. <laughs> I spent the whole time being like, I know. just just draw the names, draw the names. I know. What are we doing? <laughs> Best thing about it was like, I, I, I made like, the first three balls that got pulled out, I, I just called them and, oh, joking and got them right. We had a message in our team WhatsApp group from someone being like, I don't even need to watch. We're getting Bilbao. Like, obviously, the luck yeah. we have because we got Landale at <laughs> Champions Cup and whatever. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like, obviously, it being completely random and luck not being a real thing would lead me to think that you don't deserve anything in particular. But I was like, it would be fun to get one of the lower down teams just to get like a, yeah. like you're you're in for a medal as soon as you yeah, win your first game. Especially of- with the COVID stuff, if you lose your first game, you just sit in a hotel room scratching your head watching games. So <laughs> like, it's not like you can even go. I don't know how the tournament's going to run, but I imagine it's going to be fairly similar to Champions Cup, which is go to your game, come back, sit in your hotel room, repeat. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and speaking of teams being straight through into the um, medal rounds, I think one of the we- one of the weird draws in the um, this year's Copa del Rey is that I think we have the seventh and eighth place teams in the competition playing each other. So one of those is going to make the final four. Yeah, um, Bayelid and Malaga. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird, but I feel like this is a pretty similar draw to last year. Like there was. It was Vigo like say, and say there are like the, the say there's the top four or five teams like you always end up with two games where like two of the big teams are playing each other yeah. and then two of the lower down teams manage to draw each other which was it's just not not ideal but it's kind of just how drawing completely randomly goes like they seed the top two yeah rather than the top four like if there are like if you could seed it any more than that obviously. Yeah, whatever. But apparently, like it was like points difference was the difference between seating between second and third because it really? was first and second in the league um, by the end of the first round of games. Right. Okay. Which that is makes sense. So unlucky, but yeah. So we ended up with Bilbao, which is fun. But as I say, someone called it, so we should have been ready. <laughs> yeah, it's um... and also you kind of you're gonna have to play them at some point, probably. Like if we got someone else, we'd have played them next, or hopefully in the final, or you know. Yeah, I think you kind of see similar arguments with this that teams make about the NBA playoffs and whatever, and you get it's like the equivalent of Utah getting knocked out in the um, in the first round of last year's playoffs when they played Denver. And Utah almost, it makes it really difficult to then evaluate where you're at because you're like, well, we have no idea. You know, we might have run into these guys in the in the final or in the round in between, but you have no idea whether you'd have beaten any of the other teams who you'd have fallen in line with because you get knocked out first. 
and if nothing else, it gives you some plausible deniability to be like, well, if we'd have beaten Bilbao, we could have had the golden run to the final and we would have, you know, the other teams would have knocked themselves out and we could have ended up with Malaga in the final somehow. Yeah, you could always you can always say that. Um, yeah, I think obviously whoever wins out of us in Bilbao is looking at the crossover where we'll have either Malaga or Valladolid. Yeah. Pretty happy with that, with how it works out. But I don't think you'd like to play one of those teams first and kind of get warmed up and whatever. That's not to say that one of those teams couldn't surprise someone, but it's less likely than yeah, they're, it not happening. They're an upset pick rather than um, kicking the tournament off against the team that's just wrapped up. <laughs> the league is a more daunting prospect, I guess, and rightfully so. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Although it's, that's a good that's just the fun stuff about cup stuff. Like you get to like cup basketball, you get to just show up and play as hard as you can for 40 minutes and then yeah. figure it out from there. Like try and stick around for 35 minutes and then you're into a game. Yeah. And, Whereas the uh, thing with Bilbao that's beaten them that's beaten everyone else over the year is just like they'll just have a run in the third quarter, it seems. Yeah. Or yeah. in the second quarter that just kills teams and then it's like, okay, they're up nine and you might get it a little closer, but it's so hard to get over that hump. Yeah, for sure. It's um it's you guys in Bilbao, it's Malaga and Vidalid. What are the other two matchups? Because we've got Galunian Mediba. I feel like that we just played each other twice yeah. in a week. <laughs> gonna say we're gonna have like the Ger- the whole German Cup situation going on again, but they split those games one one, right? So this will be as much of the decider yeah. as well. It's obviously yeah. high stakes with it being a first round Copa del Rey game, but this isn't a bad time for those two teams to duke it out for who's the um, who's the better one of the two. Have you watched their two games from the other week? Yeah. Watched them both. The first one was on a Thursday in the middle of the day, and then we were free, so it was like an event. Like yeah. all three of us were sitting in this apartment, just like me and Bruce and Harry were just sitting watching it, like daytime TV. But yeah, it was, <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, and Alunion kind of ran away with that one, if I remember correctly. And yeah. the second one, Mediva won in a really close game. Yeah, so it was one point, I think. I don't know what that says. Like, I don't know if aggregate score means that. Illunion were better over the two. Like that doesn't mean mm, anything, is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, no, it's one it, one rather it, than it doesn't pan out to. If you look at the averages, then that means Illunion should win this one by an eleven no. and a half points. But yeah, I think there's probably something to be said in the fact that Illunion were able to build up a double digit lead, whereas the one that Madiba won was kind of close all the way with within like six seven points all the way through um yeah. i i think it just gives each team an idea of kind of how they have to play the game and try and impose their will if they want to if they want it to turn out their way yeah um, neighbor is such a strong defensive team but they know that like if they can kind of keep teams like if they can keep the scoreboard ticking over like they can sort of they can keep teams low enough that it's that it's going to be sort of to their benefit. Like if you're getting into the last quarter and the score is a little lower, I feel like Mediba will feel pretty good about it. But if we get yeah. into a get into a gunfight. Yeah, know. for sure. The um obviously you've got a couple of guys there that can catch fire. Yeah. And that makes it really interesting. And then it might be game over for anyone. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're defense first and um kind of let the offense work its way into the game is I think 
the best description of Madiba, whereas Aluniana kind of very sure of what their offense and defense is in any given game. Although the the game that they won, uh, the I don't know his name, the young Spanish double amp came on real strong in that game more than I've seen at any point this season. So it is that an X factor for them? I don't know. I it feels tough to say that. Illunion would have to rely on one relatively unproven guy having a second big game for them to be able to pull it out because I think they have enough reliable options there that they're not relying on lightning in a bottle. I think it's important in a cup competition if you're going to play three games in a weekend because he's a four, Pinto Ortega plays as a three, which means obviously their two lineups are the Bill, Amadou, Pablo, Greg, Jake, or they go Terry and Sarah in four greg and jake yeah um so you're playing bill and two threes all the time and it means you can put someone in for one of the threes if you're either in foul trouble or whatever basically you they don't have many lineups without two threes and it just gives you a little bit more versatility as like a big guy who plays the same role as his other guys do and he's obviously he's come on a lot in the last they went to college in the States last year. And obviously that helps a lot of people and he's come on a lot. So it's been cool to see them using him. I didn't really see him pre champions cup. And then they rolled him out at champions cup. And then it's as if, I don't know. I don't know what's happened. Obviously I don't know why he wasn't playing before, but it's as if he came back and played champions cup and showed enough (laughs) that he's not getting more minutes. Like he's, he's earned them and it's cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. I think it kind of, it sums up Illunion, doesn't it, that they had that guy kicking around as a luxury. And there's, there's teams across Spain and probably every other league that was like, hey, we would we would definitely take that guy off your hands immediately. Illunion like, yeah. no, we'll, we'll throw him into a game here and see see if he can bring us anything. Yeah, no idea. Like there must have, there might have been like a like a problem with some people. Like there, it might have even been like a paperwork thing. Like, I don't know. Like he's yeah. good enough to play, obviously, by the looks of things. And... Just gives them an extra, an extra th- big three to play, which is that's the union, obviously. Yeah. Like never about it. Cool. So last game on the slate, therefore, is Amiab against Vigo. Uh, it's a tough look for Vigo, but they've kind of been in. They've been in enough games with good teams, like they've beaten the union this year. They've yeah, they just beat Burgos. Like Vigo are the sort of team that can catch fire and cause big teams some problems but it's one of those where they need to play up and maybe the Baker team needs to play down slightly yeah. for it to happen which can happen but I think my money's on Amiab here if I were a betting man which I'm not yeah I think um, Vigo one of those teams aren't they like you say who across three games in a weekend will probably have have the potential to have one big game and upset somebody but in that case, and no disrespect to them, but you kind of don't want to see that happen in the first round because it isn't as much fun for the tournament in general when somebody breaks their way into the final four but has kind of used all the bullets in the chamber at that point just as the as the going really does get to... Not that the Amiab game isn't tough, obviously, but it's another step up you have to make at that point, and that's a tough thing to do if you've just had to pull out you know, a blinder to get that far and you've nothing left in the tank. Yeah, that's it. Like doing everything you can to scrape past Albacete and then having either a Union or Madiba is not not yeah. what you want to do. That's very that's 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 
I don't know. That's once again, that's that's the tough thing about tournament basketball. You have to kind of string together three unbelievable games, but yeah. So, three's uh, a lot harder. Three's a lot easier to string together than a full season. So Yeah. Yeah, that is a very And good I would point. say if you like catch fire in your first game, it might hold till Saturday night. Whereas yeah, if you catch fire on Saturday, then you have to like take a nine hour bus after your game and then train through the way. Like that's going to go, but like someone could play really well for three games, like conceivably. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think you see it in, you see it more in international tournaments, I think than anything like Coppadore where it's like the one I always go back to is the 2010 worlds where France came out of nowhere and finished second. Cause they just hit a hot streak of three games at the right time. Yeah. Um, and then there's even like Iran at the past World Championships who finished fourth, seemingly coming yeah. out coming out of nowhere. Um, speaking of international competitions, there was a second draw last week, and this I'm led to believe is kind of a big deal. What, what is it? The, the is that the Olympics? Uh, that, that's the one. Um, yeah, yes. draw for the Paralympic wheelchair basketball was last week as well. On the women's side, Group A is Canada, Australia, GB, Germany, Japan. Hell of a group. And Group B is USA, China, Netherlands, Spain, and Algeria. Also a hell of a group. So do we have much to say on that side, or shall we try and rope a guest in that has more to say about it than us? Yeah, I think think that's a guest topic. I think the Netherlands and the USA playing each other in the group phase is interesting. Um, That's a lot of fun. As they're probably the two favorites. And I think, although I think the GB group, group A is deeper, I think they're potentially um, in a slightly better spot there in terms of not having to go up against probably the two single biggest heavyweights of the whole women's competition. Yeah, but would you rather play them in the groups and then not cross over with them? Because if you look at Canada, Australia, GB, Germany, Japan... Two of those teams are going to finish third and fourth and have to play USA and Netherlands in a quarterfinal. That's which very is pretty good. Tough. Also, I do love the fact that last international like world tournament was Worlds and like GB finished second and the USA women, I don't remember where they finished, but it was not among the medals. But I would say off the back of certain performances in the last two seasons from a teammate of mine it's like yeah, yeah us are just right there which is like fully deserved because i'm team give rose the ball and get out of the way yeah but um, it's not it's not just rose right that year the whole first half of the what was meant to be the rio to tokyo cycle the whole usa women's team was like on a gap year wasn't it they yeah pretty much yeah. they had a they had a they had a really young squad there yeah. um, um so that's obviously no res- no disrespect to kind of what the other women's teams accomplished in that year but it was maybe more a case of a sleeping giant rather than a changing of the guard already yeah that's the paralympic champions <laughs> and yeah exactly that paralympic champions and world champions in the same group um yeah there's a lot of fun games with Canada, Australia, GB, Germany playing each other. Yeah, I think the Australian women have kind of been, for at least to my memory, they've been relatively quiet in the last few years. But I don't know, they feel for some reason like there's some upset potential there. Maybe, maybe we just associate Australia and wheelchair basketball with yeah. like quality. 
and three and three, which maybe rightfully so, like yeah, they're, pretty they're, well for a long time. They've probably um, China obviously did really well at Worlds, so they they're in the mix with that USA and Netherlands group. That's yeah. a tough crossover, man. Like if you come second in your group and have China in the three spot in Group yeah. B, like that's a that's a tough look. Yeah, that's no fun. The women's competition, I, you don't realize it until you look at the draw, but it's so much deeper than it has been in kind of past years where it's like three teams and then everybody else fights for fourth. There's like seven to eight good teams. Cool, but we should also we should also get some women's wheelchair basketball players on to talk about this. If you play international women's wheelchair basketball and you listen to this and you'd like to come on and talk more about the women's side of the draw, please, please do let us know. Yep. Anybody's welcome. Cool to have you. Also just anyone who wants to come on this, we'll, we'll probably have you unless we don't like you. Cool. Okay. So in group A, you have Canada, Korea, Spain, Turkey, Colombia, and Japan. And Group B is USA, Australia, GB, Germany, Algeria, and Iran. So I think what what sticks out there, Mark? They are tough. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it's the Group B is lethal. Um, most likely, one of Germany or Iran are going to be fighting just to make it through. Um, that's completely insane. The top yeah. four teams from Worlds, yeah, USA, the, Australia, GB, and Iran are all in the same group. Yeah, it's um, it's it's mental. But I mean, there's four there's four spots that go through the quarterfinals, right? So it would seem like yeah. they're the they're the obvious four. But you also don't. I know Germany have kind of dropped off in results in the last couple of years, but you definitely don't look at Germany and be like, oh well, they're just destined for the fifth or sixth spot. They are have every chance of at least winning one game off one of the big four. Yeah, that's it, man. That's all they need to do. Like if everyone kind of say three of the, or two of the top three teams sort of win out in that group. And then one of them drops a game to Germany or Iran, like it stuff gets really interesting really quickly. And then I think the horrible thing is like, I don't know who you have topping group a, but that's that's a real tough crossover straight away. No, that. That's a tough one, but the um, the ultimate chaos scenario would be. I am not predicting this will happen, but if Algeria were to beat one of the teams that finished top four at Worlds, even if it's just one win for Algeria and one loss for those teams, can you imagine what that could do to the standings <laughs> in Group B? It, I don't. I don't think it will happen, but potentially. No. But it could um, be. Like, who do you think wins Group A? Just out of interest. Mm, um, I always kind of default to Turkey in these situations because they just seem to they're exactly what we're talking about where they will have one good game and they're like oh cool we're hot for the next two weeks now yeah um, well, I Spain think, could do that, Spain did that four, four or five years ago yeah I think I think Spain are probably highest floor in that group I think Turkey are potentially higher ceiling than Spain um, Yeah, but Turkey are also in kind of a weird mid transition to the younger guys but it wouldn't surprise me if they have a last hurrah in them yeah have Turkey been affected by the classification stuff I think so yeah I don't think Chem can play anymore um, 
but also as they the kind of year where they won the Euros and then they finished second at the Euros a couple of years ago, right? The Poland one. Yeah. Like they've been I think they've been gradually. No, going. they finished third. Sorry, Spain were in the final. With oh, GB. sorry, yeah, third. Um, oh, yeah, it was the semi-final GB Turkey that was like ninety-five, yeah. eighty-five or something crazy, wasn't Unbelievable. it? Unbelievable um, game. Yeah, um, Turkey have kind of been going away from using Chem and Lowe's all the time to kind of their more balanced lineups with all the mids. Um, which again, I don't know how that works now because I think both Ferry and Khan have retired recently. Um. But yeah, I I just feel like Turkey seem to be one of those teams primed to be doubted and then they'll absolutely peel one off when the situation comes to it. So I'd say them and Spain are my probable two options for winning Group A. And then they'll get a crossover with probably Iran. <laughs> that was mental. That was an unbelievable game last time they played at Worlds for the that was the that oh, was yeah. the quarters as well. Yeah, that was when Goblak hit the hit hit the half court three that wasn't even particularly under any clock pressure. He was like, hey, I should probably just shoot this. I think that I think it was I think it was getting to that time where it was like, hey, if we're gonna go, we need to go right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> imagine doing that and still not being able to pull it out. Like I think if I hit that shot, I would have been like, hey ref, we 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 win now, right? Like that's how that worked. <laughs> like the role that me and my friends had in FIFA that if you score a volley from outside the box, did you just PlayStation yeah. turns off and game's <laughs> over. We go outside and think about what just happened. Like, exactly. That. Hit that shot and you're like, hey, ref, call it. Call it a day. Yeah, like exactly. a boxing match. <laughs> Trying to looking at the other team's coach to be like, grab a tile and throw it into the middle of the court. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think the Group A winners is kind of, is potentially not so easy to predict, but I think it's tough, man, because we talk about the top four even being. Uh, all being in Group B, sorry, but even the idea of like a Spain-Iran crossover, if that's the 1-4 game, there's like no guarantee that Iran or Australia or whoever else might even beat Spain in the first crossover. It's so yeah. nuts, so nuts that those guys can finish fourth. Um, yeah. That anyone one, of my, one of my sneaky favorite things about this draw was, did you see, were you watching it live? Uh, no, no, I saw it afterwards. So how it works is the first five teams get drawn into each group and Japan as the host nation get to choose what group they're in. Right. So we already had USA, Australia, GB, Germany, and Algeria in the one group. Yeah. And Japan and Iran were still on the board and the Japanese coach was um, brought in on Zoom and asked a question or two and then told that he had two minutes to um, to choose if he wanted to and i don't know right. if he's allowed to be like no i'm good thanks group <laughs> but um yeah he took he took his time i wonder if just for programming or whatever they needed like they just sent them yeah. away for two minutes anyway but i would have just loved be like hey so do you have any thoughts about what group you're picking i'd love him just be like <laughs> <laughs> no hey do you have any thoughts about this no let's move on um do you have any thoughts about this a yeah <laughs> But, um, yeah, so obviously that was the choice to be made, but yeah, tough, uh, tough draw for everybody involved. I don't think there is an easy group, um, but like Japan realistically can finish top four in, um, in Group A. I, oh, of course, I think they should. Yeah, I think they should do. I also, I'd forgotten. I now remember it, but we actually watched the game 
this is going back to when you still lived over here. We watched the game where Colombia qualified because they beat Argentina in overtime at uh, Pan Am at America's Cup. Um, I'd completely forgotten Argentina weren't in it because you just kind of expect them to be a a fixture of the whole thing. Because I think Argentina finished seventh at Worlds. Is that right? They beat Turkey in the seventh, eighth place, I believe. Yeah. This is off the top of my head, so that might be wrong. Wow. Um, you went, you went, you reached back quite far for that one. That's impressive. Thanks. It's true. I'll just uh, tell you it is, but it doesn't matter. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's nuts that Argentina are like a legit top half of the world's team, and I don't think Colombia have that kind of potential in them. But Colombia definitely aren't an easy game for anybody trying to crack the top four of Group A either. No. Um, but yeah, my top four in some order is obviously. Turkey, Spain, Canada, Japan. I don't see Colombia or South Korea as the other one, isn't it? I don't see them getting in there, but you never know. They could. And what's your what's your order for Group B? Oh man, I'm not going to pick an order because this is where I got grief on our um, our socials. Um, that's fine, no problem, guys. Let, you can all think whatever you want to think about. No, this, let's go. And let's that's go. okay. Um, Imagine being the most non-committal, like sports media ever just not everyone <laughs> that'll be fun that's very me <laughs> yeah <laughs> not willing to upset anybody um now my order i think the usa will top the group because i think they tend to play they tend to have the kind of system where they just roll out against everybody and the kind of one size fits all approach tends to win group stages um, so I would go USA, GB, Australia, Iran, and then Germany. And I can't remember who the last team is. Um, Algeria. Algeria, sorry. Yeah, that would be my order for those. Cool. Uh, I respectfully disagree, but I meant to. Um, yeah, that's your job. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're going to well, obviously, but... When, when we're earning more money from this than you are from your APA, you can say what you actually think. What is that? Uh, I know. Um, <laughs> um, obviously, imagine if there was some weird like jockeying for position based on crossover seeds. Like, imagine yeah. if that ended up happening where someone wanted to lose. To it doesn't. No one tries. No, the, There's a weird thing of like coaches and players can't tank no, to like the, try and lose a game. Like front offices can, but there's not enough games in a pool group to tank though. You just can't because everything's happening on the same day. There's not enough of a feedback loop to be able to make to a decision. Know if I lose yeah. this, I'll definitely be in it. Of course not, but I'm yeah. just, that'd be absolute chaos. Um, yeah. No one would ever do it, but that'd no. be fun to watch. Definitely. Right. Speaking of tanking for positioning, should we jump to the NBA? Cause that is one thing that's been rife in the last yeah. couple of days of the season. Should we jump to the NBA on account of you having a job to go to soon? Let's yeah. do it. That's all good. Um, so yeah, first things first, before we move on to anything actually relevant, we may have seen the last of Udonis Haslam in a Miami Heat uniform, and it was everything we could have ever asked for and more. Yes. So I posted on our social media <laughs> asking if we should do an emergency podcast for the fact that Udonis Haslam checked in for the first time all season in a game that kind of meant nothing. And within two minutes, he'd been ejected for trying to fight Dwight Howard. Uh, while we did not dedicate an entire podcast to this, I think it's important that we mark the occasion. What a man. What uh, a man. 
it i've never known anything to accomplish so much and so little at the same time it was it was like if you could given the season miami's had where they've been kind of shaky all year and look like they're possibly just rounding up into being in playoff form this was like the cherry on top of that where haslam was like hey coach I feel like we're almost there, but I feel like teams would know we're not to be messed around with if I could just get in for two minutes and shove the biggest guy I could find, and then I'll yeah. leave. Like It's the fact that Dwight Howard has kind of had a bit of a resurgence in his career based on playing for LA and LeBron being able to sort of fashion him into like, okay, you're an old-fashioned big man. You're going to play in the series that we play against Jokic because we need your size to bother him. And also you need to actually mentally bother him. Like, I want you to be annoying. And he was like, yeah, okay. So he's kind of turned into a bit of a like, physically still a bully. Obviously he's really like still massive, still in great shape. And then mentally he's like going around trying to annoy people. And I love how Udonis has them saw it and was just like, I'm going to warm up for this one, coach. (laughs) You see him like doing his stretches and getting his TheraBand and doing his crab walks and all these weird things to like get ready as a 40 whatever year old in an NBA game just to be like, hey, put me in. That's one thing I didn't even, um, I didn't realize until I read about it afterwards, but apparently he usually only warms up for home games. Like when they're on the road, he doesn't warm up for games. He just kind of sits around and keeps things ticking over. I can't remember if that game was on the road or not, but I love the idea that he was like, hey, they're going to need me to push this guy. I also think there should be some kind of rule where if you get a technical foul for an altercation with Dwight Howard, it doesn't count towards either a total of technical fouls or any financial benefit. I think the ref should have discretion to be like, no, no, it was against Dwight, it's fine. Yeah, I'd love the league office having the, yeah, but he is a bit of an asshole. Um, (laughs) Like... That's a lot of fun. I don't how know if that's pe- a word that I need to clip. I don't think no, it is. Um, how, how many people does that apply to while we're at? It's on a bit on a case by case basis. If someone isn't normally, but they are right. being one, okay. you get to be like, yeah, but and it would actually help because you could rescind technical fines for like if someone pushed you and the ref didn't see that in a replay, but then you actually, you know what I mean? Like you can make your case of, they said this about my mum, So I pushed them. like, you know what I mean? That'd be fun. And also you should live stream the court where they arbitrate those things. (laughs) I'd pay, I'd pay a hundred quid a month for it. Oh yeah. I'd watch that. Um, Yeah. I think it's the thing with Dwight, isn't it? Is the, all the guys who've been in the league long enough are just really tired of him in various and it's kind of funny because i don't feel i think fans dislike him but i think they dislike him because he never really accomplished anything on his own um no i don't think fans are that annoyed by him because one thing i've only come across recently is how much everybody who watches the nba now hates uh faku compazzo he's like despite he's despised by everyone who watches it because he's like you've just let a little terrier loose on somebody and it's like dwight is the same thing in the body of a seven foot demigod and yet that's not annoying to anybody so it's like someone supercharged a toddler and was like hey go and wreck stuff yeah compasso is only doing that because he absolutely needs that competitive advantage on a kind of being like six foot one like dwight doesn't need to be like that he's 6 yeah, 11 and exactly. can jump over people like dwight you don't need that you're supposed to just be good at basketball <laughs> but you're not like 
you have no excuse. The small guys yeah. need this. The unathletic guys need stuff like that. Like, exactly. Hey, get completely unacceptable if you're above six five and can jump like thirty inches off the floor. Yeah, like, exactly that. Very quick over under. How many minutes are we into a um, Blazers and Nuggets series before probably Nurkic absolutely clocks Campazo? Um, 17 minutes into the game on account of that being when Campazzo is going to check in for the first time of an actual <laughs> game. He starts, man. He st- they're so injured, he starts. Um, oh, that's bad news. That yeah. is bad news for them. Uh, they've had so many injuries to guards that they're playing like Austin Rivers and Shaquille Harrison together in the backcourt and there's going to come a time where they can't play Campazzo either because Nurkic is going to level him. Yeah, he's going to be absolute, like, actually murdered. Like, yeah. Lethal. Uh, it's going to be fun, though. Um, yeah. Right, last NBA thing. Shall we address the play-in situation, which is starting tonight and is going to take up probably the... I think it goes until Friday, maybe? Saturday? Yeah, I think so. And then yeah. the playoffs start on Sunday. So, play-in scenarios, as I believe it's pronounced. <laughs> yes, I do believe so, that's what it is. No one will tell you otherwise, so it'll be fine. And if they do, I won't listen. Um, so first game tipping off tonight is the ninth, 10th place for um, the Pacers and the Hornets in the East. Hornets had a weird one, man. They were eighth until the last minute of their season when they lost the Wizards and it was they couldn't finish ninth. And they yeah, ended up super weird. Yeah, they ended up winning the game would have put them in the top half of the bracket and they finished eighth. And losing the game puts them literally in the last spot in the play to finish 10th. And they ended up... I love the NBA. Yeah, it's nuts. So what are we calling for that one, do we think? Uh, I'm going Pacers because I don't think the Hornets have anyone even slightly equipped to defend the Pacers' bigs. And I think that's going to be a problem. I'm going to love watching Lamella Ball trying to figure a sort of a playoff-ish game out the first time like that's going to be fun but i just can't see anyone staying in front of turner or sabonis for long enough yeah which is a Um, weird thing to decide a game but i think the hornets are so bad on that in that part in that part of their defense that i think it actually matters it's not the overwhelming quality of the pacers it's the relative lack of quality from the hornets that'll make a difference i think yeah i think you got i think that's about right i also think it the play-in game is like way different to younger teams. Like the Hornets probably feel like they're in a big deal in the play-in game because they've never been there before and they're the 10 seed and it's a chance for them to get in. Whereas I don't imagine Greg Popovich feels the same way on the other side. But the the ninth, 10th play-in game just feels like what TJ McConnell will live for on the Pacers side. And it, it just yeah. se- seems like winning a, a ninth place playing game and then the right to get the eighth seed feels like what TJ McConnell's role in basketball is. He's like, he's not going to get you very far, but if there's an opportunity for him to pipe up and have some say, he'll probably do it. Yeah. Um, rule. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I am also picking Indiana for that one because I, I trust Sabonis more than I trust anyone on the Hornets to be able to carry them through. 
Um, yeah, like, are you, are you going to go PJ Washington at the five? I don't think so. Are you going to go Cody Zeller? I also don't think so. Have like, you seen the state of Cody Zeller's hairline? Oh, my it, He needs to come home. He doesn't. He, the, he's got the receding thing where it's like all the way back and then there's a little triangle up front and it looks like someone sketched around a Dorito and was like, hey, we'll we'll leave the hair in this bit. Um, <laughs> anyway. Wow. So, other playing game. I think this is, if it wasn't for the Lakers and the Warriors well, on the other side, I think the Celtics and Wizards thing is potentially the most intriguing outcome we could have had because they're two teams who from about mid-season onwards are headed in radically different directions. And it's kind of proof of concept as to the playing game being useful because it's like, oh, Boston in the seven spot, but they're also getting worse game by game seemingly. So is it any fun to have them in the playoffs? Uh, I don't know. Like I keep just being like, yeah, but Boston should be a real team and therefore might figure it out but i feel like that the season being over is officially too late for you to figure it out i just there's a real fun thing of like probably the better team on the way down versus probably the worst team who are like really surging and it's like will momentum carry russell westbrook and bradley Beal through and it might because the celtics are just falling apart and letting it happen and they have been all season yeah and it's like I don't know. I could see. I could see it. I could see Washington winning, and it'd be real sad. But I was listening to was it Bill Simmons talking about the Celtics a while ago, and he was like, "I don't get how you can't motivate guys on the basic level of okay, try not to be losing by twenty at the end of the first quarter." <laughs> how would yeah, you look at that? Like, <laughs> there's yeah. there's nothing more to it than that. I don't think my um my thoughts on the Wizards is simply that. I don't think anyone within Philly would admit it, but once Philly had clinched the top spot, it looked like the Wizards would only be able to get as high as eight until all those weird things shook out on the last day. But I think Philly, having finished top, are probably very excited about the idea of not having to play Westbrook and Beal in the first round because Boston have played the most uninspired basketball all year. And I think I would rather watch Westbrook incorrectly believe that he can single-handedly beat Philly. Um, yeah, like, and- like no one's going to beat them until the, the Eastern Conference Finals, but it'd yeah. be really... It's first round of the playoffs, the 1-8 seed is like, who's most fun to watch trying to do something yeah. that they can't do? And Russell Westbrook's like top of that list yeah. all time, probably. <laughs> uh, Bradley Beal as well, obviously. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun, but just watching Westbrook be like, I'm I'm going for it. Like watching him when he played the Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors for the first time yeah. when he was like, they're very clearly a better team than me, but can I just force it through yeah. for um, long enough that it's fine? I'm like, maybe. Yeah, I think that's it. I think I I would rather see him stick it to the Nets than just about anybody because I, th- I think there's some genuine issues still lingering there and I even though oh, yeah. they're not they're not going to win all you want out of a high seed low seed kind of first round series is for it to not be a series that you want to give the mercy rule after a 3-0 start yeah yeah like i want to carry on my thing of watching every minute of every playoff game as soon as yeah. playoff starts like i want yeah, i want exactly. games that i care about yeah and i don't know boston philly has like been a thing over the last couple of years, so if they made it, that'd be okay. But I'm... Hey, 
When it was a sweep for Boston last year, you would not have believed me if I'd have told you next year is going to be potentially the 1-8 matchup. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, that's, that's um, wild. Should um, we, Boston should we have ju- had it tough, but also have stopped. Yeah, yeah, I th- Boston have had it tough and also haven't really looked like they're that interested in getting it back together, so I don't have much sympathy for them. No, not at all. Should we jump west? I don't think there's a lot to be said about Spurs and Grizzlies, is there? It's they're going to play. One of those teams will beat the other one and then probably lose to the loser of the Warriors and Lakers game. Yeah, I would say so. Um, Spurs doing it would be fun just in terms of like, ah, the Spurs are Spursing again, but I think yeah. Grizzlies might be a more fun team to watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, Although Spurs are a better coach team, so it would be kind of fun to watch like what Spurs try and do for Steph. Yeah, I've, I think the Grizzlies have better personnel to play with Steph, but I also thought that before Steph scored 46 on them in the last, <laughs> last game of the season. So I don't hold out much hope for either team, to be honest, because if the Grizzlies have the better personnel to play the Warriors and they end up letting Steph have 46, I don't know what the Spurs are going to do. No, so I don't know. That is kind of fun watching a rerun of that, though, because like if it's if all we're going to get from it either way is like Steph might have 46. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll watch it. I'll watch it for sure. Um, Right. So the big one, Lakers, Warriors, before we get any in-depth into this, what are you calling? I think we both just call it Lakers by talking about Golden State playing the the winner of the other team. I think we did, but I also... I wonder if there is a Steph gear that's like, hey, LeBron's not having this one. Maybe. Like, also, LeBron came back from an ankle sprain, sprained his ankle again, and then came back and hasn't said he sprained his ankle again in the last game of the season. But someone fell on it, and it didn't look good. So, like, LeBron might be sort of 70%. And it's like... Is AD 100%? And if so, that's probably fine. But like, if neither of them are great, there's like, there's a world in which I'd love to see Steph just light them on fire. It's the thing of like, if Steph has 50 and they win, like, cool, yeah. no problem. But I don't know. It'd be a lot of fun to watch like LeBron's limping. No one else is stopping. Perry, I'd love to see AD be like, hey, let me have a go, coach. It'll be fine. AD, AD is the swing card in this one because it's like, hey, your options are Kevon Looney, who I know Steve Kerr thinks is the third leg of the Warriors' big three, but Kevon Looney is like average to below average center, and Draymond and well, Wiggins. He's, good. he's just not athletic enough to stick yeah. with AD. Kevon Looney, Kevon Looney's an actual NBA center. Like, yeah, he's all right. Um, yeah, them. the Draymond thing. Probably isn't. I don't think Draymond can guard AD one on one, and I certainly don't think Andrew Wiggins can guard AD one on one. So, no. on that basis, even I think LeBron could be just about able to dribble the ball up the court and pass it to somebody to initiate the offense. And I think LeBron just being there might mess up the Warriors enough that AD can run wild. That would be my yeah. Opinion. That's the thing. Like. If you're like, hey, LeBron, hold this. We're going to run some stuff and you just need to put the ball where it's meant to be. And then 
maybe put your shoulder through some people in the fourth quarter and get to the basket. Like he's still going to be able to do that. It just, we might see the most old man LeBron game of all time. Like the couple of years ago against Steph where he'd just be like, Hey, come here. You're five inches smaller than me. And (laughs) I weigh like a hundred pounds more than you. I'm just going to go through you. Like we legitimately might see him just playing matchup chess for 48 minutes in a row. And that would be like really interesting, but the game would be like 85, 81. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's the kind of ongoing that it just seems like a whole series of, and when, when the commentators like link you back in after the break, it's like, and on tonight's show of LeBron hunts down Kent Bazemore, like it's just going to yeah. be, going to be endless, man. That's LeBron- the thing you're talking about who's going to stop AD, but it's like if LeBron's deciding that he's just going to go through people because he's yeah. either healthy or, is just doing it anyway. Like, yeah, it stays in front of him. That might be Draymond. Yeah, and then it's game over. So we've just been through what we think the games will be like. What are you calling for the seventh and eighth seeds in each conference? Um, Lakers seven, Warriors eight, and God, what was the East again? So we've got um, so Boston, Boston seven. Boston. Boston seven, Wizards eight, yeah, uh, and then the other two were Pacers and, and Hornets. I might go Wizards seven, Boston eight. I was going to go Wizards seven and Pacers eight, but I think I just have yeah. unrealistic belief in the Pacers. And it's I don't... Literally, that's the thing. On the other end, it's like, oh, this is exciting, and on that end, it's like, hey, are the Pacers or the Celtics worst right now? Like, <laughs> Who's yeah. had a worse season and who can bring it together? And I think I go for like better coaching. Yeah, I fair enough. Brad Stevens will figure it out hey, again. I'll have you know, Nate Bjorkgren is beloved by all, apparently. Yes. And there's nothing to say otherwise in the media <laughs> now, or there never has been. And on He's that really note, nice to people. Yeah. On that note, I think we'll get out of here and you guys can read about Nate Bjorkgren for yourselves if you care enough. Cool. And if you don't, check back in here next week and we'll talk about either that or something else. You'll have to find out the time. Exactly. Right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace out. Take it easy. Bye.